0: March Madness hits the NBA. Standings are shuffling right around as the NCAA tournament is finally narrowed down to the Final Four. But in the league, things are just as wacky. The Celtics just had the top seed, and now they're back down to fourth. They lost in overtime to the Raptors. Big win for Toronto after they beat the Cavs. They now hold that spot there in the sixth while Cleveland, they won and got off the schneid against Orlando in a tough one, lost Evan Mobley in the process. But losing those head-to-heads to Toronto and Chicago, probably not looking good for them to get out of the play-in situation, but you never know. And that's what the beauty is of this NBA in late March and going into early April is, you know, these are usually the dog days, but I think we're past that now. I think we're at the point, like, when the hell are the playoffs? But the, the difference is, we don't know who's facing who. And these standings are so delicate right now that it's tough to tell. I mean, Miami just looked like it was in a tailspin. They just blew the hell out of Sacramento on Monday night. So they have two more wins in the, the win column than next place Philly, who's also tied with Milwaukee, who's basically tied with Boston. So one through four, that could be completely different by even the next Three or four days. Then you have the next tier. You're five through seven. The Bulls are all kinds of trouble right now. Oh my goodness. What the hell is going on with them? They're only 11 games over 500 now. In jeopardy of one, getting to the play-in tournament. And two, you might end up having to face Brooklyn depending on how that shakes out. And then you got the Western Conference. Play-in games still to be determined there. More specifically, the 9, 10, 11 are all in a battle right now. And not good news for Mr. Brian Fritz. LeBron James is hurt. The Lakers are only a half game up on the Spurs for that final play-in spot. And in real jeopardy of actually missing the entire shebang. And uh, that could have been avoided too because Saturday you had the Pelicans come back from a 23-point deficit to beat the Lakers in that game. So that stung a lot. Like I said, it's March Madness in the NBA. We still have the March Madness going on for the men's and the women's, by the way. Shout out to UConn and South Carolina for a classic last night. Shout out to Haley Van Lith uh, in Louisville for beating Michigan uh, also in their tournament. Oh my gosh, there's been so much good basketball going on here as of late. And we're going to delve right into it here on Keepin' at 94. Courtesy of the basketball news.com podcast network B, talk to me.
1: It's amazing. What's going on in the NBA right now. Just the, the jockeying back and forth between teams trying to figure out what their playoff seating is going to be. And you know, it matters now, especially when you talk about the Eastern conference and the specter of the Brooklyn nets. And you know, some teams going to have to face them in the first round. And I'm not saying they're a better team, uh, or they're not a better team than the Nets, but that's always going to be tough when you have to face KD. And um, there's just a, a lot of shuffling around and it's, it's amazing to see how it's all going to kind of figure itself off as the season goes here, because, you know, we just saw the Miami heat have a little bit of um, some problems with a, a four game losing streak and some infighting there and trying to figure themselves out. And The Celtics now have a pretty big injury that they have to deal with, with Robert Williams. And you look over in the West and uh, the top two teams there, they're just steady as can be and just marching their way to the postseason.
0: How about Memphis without John Morant? They're 18 and two this year. Josh just enjoying the show. He's been like the best cheerleader as as possible. He's getting healthy, getting ready for the postseason. Meanwhile, you have his teammates doing work. I mean, Dylan Brooks is back, had a good game. You have De'Anthony Melton, who's been just absolutely on fire. Um, you know, coming off the bench for them, uh, guys just stepping up. Desmond Bain, as we know, has been like incredible this year uh, in his second year, and and he's pouring in the points and the three pointers. Uh, rookie Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, the man that everyone thought that probably was going to be forgettable um, once you know Xavier Tillman came in and uh, you know kind of lost out on his role a little bit. This season has bounced back with a solid third year um, and has you know honestly gone like under talked about uh, as far as his contributions on the defensive end and also um, being a play finisher as well. So uh, they're clicking on all cylinders. I didn't even mention Tyus Jones, who's like the best floor general uh, backup maybe in the NBA. And, you know, slow-mo Kyle Anderson, got Steve Adams, man, in the middle. So everybody that talks about Memphis and, you know, thinks John Morant, you know, it's John Morant and the crew. It's not John Morant and the crew. It's John Morant plus these guys because they are getting the job done. And they're getting the job done handily because, holy hell, like, they absolutely massacred the Warriors. And I know the Warriors were playing out, you know, without Draymond, without Steph. They didn't have Clay, But, I mean... That's still a team that's trying to get itself right, even when they're healthy, when they're not healthy. I mean, hell, the (laughs) Golden State just lost to to the Wizards for crying out loud, and that's not a good sign. Again, no Steph hurts, yes, but uh, even they've acknowledged that they've, uh, you know, needed something to right the ship here, and you know, hopefully Steph's healthy by the time the playoffs start, and he gets back here soon. But uh, you know, more credit to Memphis, just the way that they've held it down, and it's been. It's been fun to watch them just kind of grow and blossom as a team, and you can just tell that they're genuinely having fun. Uh, It's a blast, and I mean, you know, Phoenix speaks for itself. I I don't know how much more we can talk about how good their execution is, how amazing they are in fourth quarters. Uh, You know, they have Chris Paul back now, and they are the ones who control their own destiny at this point. You know, Devin Booker is, you know, out here asking for respect, talking about the MVP talks and 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 hoping to be in the conversation. We actually hit on that in our basketball news Twitter spaces last Friday um whether he, you know, had the right to to ask for that and you know, he does. Um still don't think there's anyone better than Joel Embiid and Nicole Jokic have been this season or even Giannis Antetokounmpo, but uh he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Like there's a lot, those top two teams ahead uh, uh, above the rest, but especially Phoenix, especially Phoenix. When you
1: talk about Booker, I mean, in the MVP race, he's going to finish in the top five, but he's not going to finish in the top three. And, and I get it. I mean, you're, you're going to include somebody that is on a team like the Suns who have the best record in the NBA this season i mean they they're at 61 wins right now with 7 games to go i mean they they're going to finish with 65 66 maybe even 67 wins depending on when they shut guys down here um to get ready for the playoffs if they in fact do that i think they will but i mean that that's an incredible record you know and and they've just been steady the entire season. You talk about how good they are when it's close games. They almost relish that. It's not like they're in cruise control during games, but they just kind of go through a game, and then when it gets tight – you know, they know what they do. They they know themselves. If you
0: don't beat them in the first three quarters, you're not going to win. You're not
1: going to win, man, because they, they just <laughs> know each other so well. And they know what to do. They know how to execute on both ends of the court when games are tight. And they just have a belief that they're going to do it, you know. And, you know, when you talk about, like, the chemistry they have, and they brought back so many guys, you know, from from last season, you know, when they made the finals and, you know, came up short. We talked about the Grizzlies, before the trade deadline. And some people wondering like, is now the time where you package some guys and you use your assets and you have picks to try to grab another piece for this year. And the Grizzlies said, no, because we like who we have and we believe we have enough right now. We value our chemistry. And that's not something that a lot of NBA teams do because there is a go for it mentality in the league and trying to get the star, Uh, there's not always as many teams that value chemistry. There's a certain one in Los Angeles that wears a golden purple that does not. And look where it's gotten Memphis. I mean, this is a team that is just blossoming. I mean, after that slow start to the season and they got themselves right. When John Morant was down early on in the season, ever since then, and during the period where he's come back and played incredible This team's just been on fire, and and they just continue to get better and better as the season goes on. And you can see a camaraderie and a joy and a belief in one another and an excitement because this is a young team with just a great opportunity in front of them, and and they believe. And when it comes to Ja, I assume he's going to be full strength come the playoffs. That's a little iffy because he does have the... The, the issue with his knee, but they're being very careful about that. They're going to look at it again in about a week and a half, but all signs point to rest is going to do him good and he'll be fine come the playoffs. And let's hope that's the case um, because he is the guy that revs that engine. That just takes him to another level. And um, I mean, I'm not going to discount the Grizzlies. They, they've been amazing and they are fun to watch and they are, they're an incredible story.
0: Yeah, did you see the the post game interview last week? At one of their I forget which win it was, but it was honestly uh all out dominating in like the second half and they basically did a team photo uh in the middle of an ESPN interview and it was hilarious because they were just all like like it's just like this this like brotherhood this like team love that they're they a have college for team they
1: they play like a college yeah team.
0: no I think yeah it was after they beat Brooklyn yeah. that's right and it was a big win for them too um but yeah no they they are just so happy for one another and like growing with one another that's the same thing that kind of Cleveland has going on now Cleveland's gone the other way because they've had injuries and honestly the worst luck probably <laughs> in the last week or so the of any team in the league it's it's amazing how quickly it can just unravel but um th- that's another team that kind of you know, trusted their chemistry and it worked out for them but you know going back to Memphis like they're they're just one big happy family and you, you can just tell that they're they're playing for one another and that's what makes them so dangerous and I don't think that we should take them lightly just because they haven't been in this position they
1: before. play with the youthful exuberance and a mentality of don't tell us what we can or cannot do while the sons are kind of the grizzled vets that are just on a mission they remind me of
0: it's funny how they were the young team last yes, year, though. Isn't I it? know. Um, but like, I mean they
1: remind me so much of that Spurs team that that, you know, lost in the finals to the Heat. It went in and they probably should have won, except for the Ray Allen shot and everything that went into that. And then they came back the next year and they're like, Watch. We are on a mission. I mean, they had their head down and just grinded the entire year all the way to a title. And that's what you feel like the Suns are doing right now. It's just we're we're gonna get there. Head down, we're bulldozing through anything.
0: Yes. Yes. No question. No question. Hey,
1: you mentioned the Lakers. Okay, let me get this out of the way right now, I did. okay? Here
0: no, we no, no, go. No, no, Here we no, go, no, 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 everybody. No. I just right. wanted to put, mention, because this put, is
1: where they're at right now, okay? Put your podcast on you. This is where they're at right now. Because <laughs> like two weeks ago, I, I threw out the idea. I go, I think they might not even get in the playing tournament. And you're like, what? And I said, yeah, I mean, their schedule's really tough and they haven't been playing well. And then they started playing a little bit better. And LeBron kicked it up another notch. And I thought they were in a better position last week, but then they did not have a good week. You mentioned that game that they blew to the Pelicans, which is incredible that they lost that game. Plus, they lost LeBron in that game. And, I mean, he even admitted after the afterwards, like, you know, if that game wasn't so important, I I would not have continued. It's amazing how well he played in that game considering how bad he was injured because he sprained his ankle very bad. And he's doubtful for their game tonight, Tuesday night against the, uh, the Mavericks. And uh, I don't see any way he's going to play. Quite honestly, I think uh, they should look very closely at shutting him down because of how bad that injury probably is. But I don't think LeBron's going to allow that. But... Hey, they've got eight games to go. Five of those eight are on the road. Seven of those eight are teams that are going to make the playoffs. That is a tough road to hoe. And if you look at uh-huh. if you look at a remaining strength schedule, only one team has a tougher schedule than them remaining, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies. The Lakers have the second toughest schedule remaining, and they're only a half game up on the Spurs, and...
0: Spurs, Spurs are rolling right now. Spurs are Spurs playing. Are now, they, they, just, they, this... they, they just had a big win in, in Houston last night. By the way, very fun game to watch. Houston's young pieces just continue to show, you know, the flashes. That, like, Jalen Green's having an excellent second half, and no one's talking about it. He needs more love. I think they need to give more minutes to Alper and Shangoon. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., we know the kind of talent he possesses. Hopefully he can just kind of hold it together um, and and listen to his coaches and and and, you know, keep, you know, striving as a young man of course um jay Gub, josh christopher kj martin uh, all of these young young talents you know put on a, a really good show last night but the spurs came out on top a uh, career high 33 for Dejounte murray uh, who looked really good josh richardson's been great for san antonio off the bench as one of those vets uh Keldon johnson's finding his, his his you know his stride a little bit here um but the spurs they're definitely um you know taking off a little bit here and and what did I tell you last week? Even though they were, I think they were behind two and a half games or so, two and a half, three games uh, at this juncture when we had the last pod. And I was like, don't count pop out. Don't do it. And now they've won four in a row and five out of their last. I mean, this
1: first <laughs> while they have the fifth toughest schedule scheduled to go two of those games are two of their last seven, they only have seven to go. Two of them are against the Blazers. And then the other five games are against teams that are going to make the playoffs. But one of those games is against the Warriors who will not have mm-hmm. Steph Curry and who knows if they'll play clay and if they'll play Draymond in that game. And regardless, their chemistry is off right now.
0: Hopefully they have Steph by yes. that time. That'll be 12 so, days. So,
1: you here. know, who knows what's going to be, what, it, you know, who's going to be in the lineup, come that game. So, Hey, uh, I mean, I don't know when LeBron's going to come back. Um, He's, he's got to miss at least, you know, I mentioned the one game, but I would think he's got to miss at least a couple And that
0: thing turned pretty hard. I mean, just looking, at it was horrible. It was horrible. I mean,
1: for, I mean, this is a team that was struggling with LeBron James. How are they going to play without him? And they're still without Anthony Davis, who it sounds like he could be back in about a week, but it's too little too late.
0: Who knows? Maybe you got to let Russ cook. Maybe, maybe, maybe Russ can cook. Okay, this is the kind of element that he thrives in, right? When he's the go-to um, guy.
1: He doesn't play defense and neither does the rest of that team. This is true. I'm just I'm just pointing this out because, you know, for people that think like, "Oh, they'll still find a way, they'll back the way in." I I don't know, man. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's an incredible thing to look at going from the beginning of the season to where it is now and how Badly they have misfired on things. I mean, injuries do happen. And, you know, Anthony Davis has had two big injuries, but it just the way that they put that team together uh, was a total misfire.
0: <laughs> it, we only have a few more weeks of that too, by the way, guys. Especially if they don't make the play and we won't have You've to do that. You've got to point
1: it anymore. out when it's the Lakers. I mean, it's, I mean, this is a team that had championship aspirations. It's one of the, it's the marquee franchise in the league, and uh they're falling flat on their face.
0: There is a streak on this podcast that you have, and it is literally since probably... Um, when do we start panicking about the Lakers? About
1: I'm not panicked about them. Late I, November. Honestly, late I don't November. care if they get in or not. I really do not.
0: I'm just talking specifically yeah. about this season. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. was like the second week.
0: We had the Alex Caruso talk. Oh. We had the talks about them not having Dwight Howard. Or, I mean, uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard originally last year. We had, like, all this you know trading Kyle Kuzma oh. away when the wizards were How like about good. I mention this one? <laughs> How many
1: players on the Lakers team right now will retire after this season? I think at least 3. I think Trevor Re-
0: You think you think Dwight? I think
1: Dwight there? could retire. I think Carmelo could retire. That's two Hall of Famers right mm-hmm. there. And I think Trevor Rees will retire.
0: Oh, okay. How about, uh, no, Kent Bazemore still got Wayne left
1: on him. Wayne Ellington?
0: That's very possible. So you could have four. Open roster spots, I'm, Brian. Let's use our creativity, I'm just throwing it okay? out.
1: It's just like, oh, man, do I really want to keep this going after that? Eh, I'm out.
0: you going to mention Russ in there, too? <laughs> He's got a $47 million option. I don't think Russ could could live that down, one, uh, for the money, and two, uh, for his pride. He'll he'll grit
1: his way through making that 47 mil. Grit? Yes. (laughs) He'll find a way to get through and play another season. Yes,
0: yes, I agree. Let's talk about the, the East top four, but before we do that, just wanted to remind everybody that, uh, this podcast and basketballnews.com, powered by Ticket Smarter. Looking to go to the hottest concerts, sports, theater, and family shows near you? Get 100% guaranteed tickets, more than 25,000 live events from Ticket Smarter, the official ticket marketplace of basketballnews.com. Order online now. Let's talk about the East. Um, briefly, in the opener, we mentioned Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, Boston. This is uh, really crazy. This This kind of musical chairs, if you will, that these teams are playing. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to shake out. Um, All I know is that those top four, you're just not going to want to reckon with many of those teams because they're in a good place. I mean, all besides maybe Miami, I would say. Um, Philly, you know, you could talk about depth or or whatever, but you still have Harden and Embiid, and you have, you know, Chick Milton's playing better. You have Tyrese Maxey as the third you know, the third head of the snake there, Tobias. Um, Milwaukee, you have the defending champions, so you don't want to mess with them. And then Boston, even though they've lost Robert Williams the third, I did want to mention that the sneaky move of acquiring Daniel Tice, somebody who's familiar with the organization, familiar with uh, his teammates, as a uh, kind of a plan B, uh, if something were to happen to Robert Williams, was brilliant. Um, Tice last night was huge. He played the most minutes on the team, Brian. Uh, he only shot 10 times, but it's his defensive, you know, it's his burly body. Um, it's his ability to, you know, find the open man uh, from down low, or he, he can stretch the floor. Um, he wasn't being used in Houston at all. And it's kind of ironic, actually, because he's averaging less minutes than he was in Houston, but. Uh, with this particular team, now that Robert Williams is down, he's going to be very important for them. And he registered a double double um, in in that game. And um, you know his teammates love him, and they they know him. They know his game. Um, he's a tough player, uh, somebody who's not going to back down from any challenges. So um, I think that's a huge acquisition that they made in case of something like this happening. And uh, you know, honestly, they should have won in Toronto. Uh, it was just Pascal Siakam having a huge day. Um, it just really, uh, you know, driving to the basket, uh, pull-ups, drawn fouls. Uh, he was tremendous yesterday, but.
1: Uh, I mean, it's good that they got Tyson, obviously, huge. you know, but at the same yeah. time, this is not what they got him for. He was supposed to be a guy that's going to play 10 or 15 minutes. And he is familiar with everybody, but when you lose Time Lord, you've lost. You a huge part of huge your defense. A And your rebounds. Uh, rebounding, yes. just efficiency, just uh, everything that he did, a lot of size because Tice isn't as big. So, I mean, you lose an anchor on that defense. And I'm not saying they're athleticism. Yeah, I mean, they're not just going to fall apart, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it, it's gonna be, there's going to be a difference there because Tice isn't the same kind of defensive player. And we'll see because they're going to have to play a little bit more small ball while time wards out, and we don't even know what the timeline is on that. Like, is it going to be two weeks, three weeks? We're not exactly sure.
0: They won't have any lobs anymore. Yes. No more lobs, um, which takes away part of their their offense. You're going to see a lot more jump shots. You're going to see Al Horford's probably going to play a lot of minutes. Well, they've been, um, you know, Daniel Tice is going to be the one to, to to spell him off the bench. But um, I mean, that's this is time. what they've been trying to protect yeah, Al
1: for is for the playoffs.
0: Yes. no so, question it's um, just going to be grant Williams is probably going to see some small ball five I'm gonna I'm gonna assume uh based on matchups um but yeah I mean that's just an untimely injury uh but I I think that they're still playing well enough to where they're not gonna wilt because of it you know yeah I
1: mean like I said I think that the biggest difference for them is going to be size when you face one of these bigger teams like Giannis go crazy on them um the you know it was how are they going to be able to combat uh, Embiid, you know, if they get a to match up there? And, and like I said, we don't know when when Tom Ward's coming back. I mean, you know, right now they've said a couple of weeks. They're being kind of vague about it. They don't know exactly. It just depends on how he responds to treatment and everything. So we'll see. We'll we be back in time for the playoffs. Will we missed the first round. We don't know yet.
0: Right. And with Tice, as, as far as size goes, he doesn't have the height, but he definitely has the build. You know, like he's... He's listed at six eight, somewhere around two forty five. That's where he like he has the muscular like build to to. You well,
1: know, he's a scrapper. He's a guy guys. that will bang into guys. He likes doing the dirty work. He's not going to back down from anybody.
0: He's a he's a diff- He's definitely a, a, a kind of a hybrid four or five type. Um, but they're going to need him. They're going to need him. And I thought that he was very solid uh, against Toronto even though, you know, again, Siakam dropped 40, but Siakam's honestly been playing at an all-NBA level here lately. So um, that's neither here nor there, I would say. The Raptors, too, they've been... What a a response to, you know, the first half of the season they've had. Um, And it's still, it's by no means been perfect for that team. You know, they've had their slippage, and they've dealt with their fair share of injuries. You've seen... Gary Trent Jr. has been hurt for a chunk. You've seen Fred Van Vliet get hurt for a chunk. Um, but I think the most important move they could have made was honestly Thaddeus Young. Um, and, you know, he's come in, been a really solid veteran presence there. And he's needed to really step up and, and, and help them out in those situations. And he was huge in that overtime game.
1: And when it comes to Thad Young, I mean, this was a prized guy when it came to the trade deadline, and I think everybody knew he was going to get moved. And we were all a little bit surprised when he ended up in Toronto, but it's turned out to be a really good move for them to have, you know, a guy of that size and a veteran to be a part of this younger team.
0: It's true, man. And, I mean, it's crazy. The Raptors only have two losses since, since March 9th. It's pretty wild. And they won a huge one, a colossal one against the Cavs. Um, in Cleveland, nonetheless, or no, it wasn't in Cleveland. Sorry, that's my bad. Their only win came in Toronto. Um, the Cavs still have that season series, but it doesn't matter if uh, the, the tiebreaker doesn't matter if the, the Raptors have a better record than the Cavs. So that's that's big time. Uh, but that five through seven, that's interesting. But isn't it going to be then you have eight through ten? Isn't goes. it
1: going to be a little bit weird if all season long there's been kind of this lack of discussion about the Bucks? You know, defending champions, kind of cruising through the season. Everybody keeps waiting like, all right, when are they going to turn it on? They've shown glimpses of that at times, and then they backed off a little bit. And when the season... Got
0: boinked by the Grizzlies by 25 in their last <laughs> right. game. Giannis played. Middleton played. Yeah, but after <laughs>
1: like, all of this, they could still end up with the best record in the East.
0: Yes. It's amazing. And that I think that... Speaks to the maturity of that team. I think that speaks to the experience that they have.
1: Their schedule Um, is not easy.
0: They've added more vets to this. You know, like it's it's a legitimate championship contender until proven otherwise. They've got eight
1: games left. They still have to play the Sixers, the Celtics, the Mavericks, the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Nets. Yep, but they also played the Pistons and the Clippers. And the Clippers, I mean, that's not a team to sneeze about because they're getting Paul George back.
0: Exactly, and they, and again, as we've talked about on this podcast all you know, season, they've been gritting their way through this season. Like, it, it's not like you know they're getting out of here getting punked. I know the last game against Philly isn't the best example of that, um, but they've been like fighting through, and, and, and you know, nights that they can get hot. There's nights that they can get hot. There's um games where they're more competitive uh than others, but they they don't back down. And if you, if you get the head of the snake back in Paul George, someone who with, I thought had a chance to be an MVP this year uh just based on Kawhi Leonard being out and it being PG's team, then the untimely injury happens, you know, and you know, right before winter. But I mean, that's huge come playoff time and I know I know I wouldn't want to face That team with Paul George, because I think that they are extremely cohesive in those situations. Spencer, have
1: you been listening intently to the rumor mill? Is your ear to the ground on the train tracks? Have you been hearing the rumbling coming your way? Lay it on me. What is it? Kawhi Leonard might come back for the playoffs. Uh... Kawhi Leonard might be back for the playoffs. Maybe not the play in. But if they get to the playoffs, there are some rumblings that Kawhi could be back for the Clippers.
0: And could you imagine that? That that would mean if they got, they out could of face
1: the Suns in the first that round. They would
0: face. No, they could face
1: Memphis. They could face Memphis. But I'm just saying, what if they ended up getting the eight seed?
0: So you have like a first, almost a first in NBA history, right? Because you're talking about possibly having a Clippers team. With Kawhi and PG, you're, you're, you're talking about Brooklyn, who now has its full cast of, of of players... Minus Ben Simmons. ...available to them. Okay, yeah, I kind of forgot that. <laughs>
1: it's easy to but, forget he hasn't played this season.
0: It is easy to forget. Um, but, like, two of the, maybe the strongest, lowest seeds that we've seen... Maybe. maybe in I mean, history. there
1: is something like, okay, how... Do they have to take some rust off? Like, is it going to take time to build some team chemistry? All these different things. That being said, I mean, that that just makes it tougher. I mean, because we know, you know, what the Clippers could be capable of, you know, depending on those different factors. But this is a team that's now built on wing players, being able to switch, be able to be versatile on defense, and – uh you get into a close game and you've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on offense, you know, with some shooters around them, uh, you know, things, things can happen. I'm not, Hey, the Suns would still be heavily favored and rightfully so, but that just makes it that much tougher. Same with the Grizzlies, with the Grizzlies being a young team and taking on a, you know, a veteran heavy team in the Clippers. I mean, the Grizzlies should win that, but you know, things could get a lot tighter and you never know.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't think that the Grizzlies would like shudder at that. I think they'd actually. Oh, I, at, I don't think but either team. At the same is, time, yeah. you just look at that. You look at that series though, and you think, wow, that's one of the better two sevens you could get. I mean, <laughs> but, that's just something you know, to look like,
1: out for. But it's like, do I want to face the T Wolves or would I want to face the Clippers that could have potentially Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? If Kawhi Leonard comes it's back, I mean, that there's been some rumblings about that, and I, quite honestly. I thought all year long, there's no way. Knowing Kawhi's track record and stuff, it's just like, I'm gonna rehab. I'll be back next year. But everything sounds like it's going well, and there is a chance. And I'm like, and I'm not saying it's just like a long shot. That's
0: a huge. That's honestly too. I mean, even though it's one of the best players in the world, it's still a risk. It's
1: still a risk to come back. I mean, I don't know where he is when it comes to his return. Like. Has he been playing any five-on-five ball with anybody? I mean, how physical has he been getting? Um, What kind of run is he doing? For how long? I mean, you know, all these different things that go into it. And because it's Kawhi, you know everything is being kept quiet. Okay? Nothing's going to get out because he demands that. And he's a very low-key guy. So, it's, you know, it's up in the air. But, hey, if he comes back, I mean, that just makes the the Clippers that much tougher.
0: It does. All right, Bry. It's that time of the podcast. It's our favorite time. Prize Picks, guys. Prize Picks. I don't think I don't think I came close last week. The week before, I know I won. So uh, we're gonna switch it up this week. But just letting all of our listeners know, all users that deposit and use the promo code News on Prize Picks—that's app.prizepicks.com—will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So make sure to sign up at app.pricepicks.com and download their app.
1: By the way, when it comes to last week... uh, Was it not good? No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, You missed on one of your three. I missed on two of my three and had a DNP on my third player.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Because LeBron LeBron didn't play. LeBron
1: did not play. And then I whiffed on Tatum and... I got a push on Al Horford actually, so um, yeah.
0: <laughs> wow,
1: that was incredible! Watch that last week: a push, a miss, and a DNP. <laughs> Oops! I got part of my entry refunded because of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least PrizePix does that. They too. You know, there's there's other organizations out there that might not be so kind. Yeah.
1: So that was uh, that was incredible.
0: Nice. I'm switching it up this week, Bri. I'm switching it up. All right. Instead of points, rebounds, assists, I don't know how this really going to work, but it kind of includes everything, right? So I'm going to go with fantasy score. What do we think about that, huh?
1: It's something different. I, I applaud you for being bold. We don't Thank even totally understand it. We believe it it is everything, though it's points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals.
0: Yes. It's it's a little bit of everything. It's the whole kit and caboodle. So as I pull this up, why don't you tell them yours and then I'll okay. tell them.
1: Mine. And I have yours in front of me as well. But here's mine. Because okay. I stuck with traditional and I kind of uh took over your role. Everything I did was points, rebounds, assists combined. So <laughs> look at this. Yes. So uh, in my first one, um, it was big game Tuesday night, Sixers taking on the Bucks. I have uh, Drew Holiday over twenty eight and a half points, rebounds, assists. Meanwhile, I also have Joel Embiid on the over of forty six and a half because I think Joel is going to have a uh, a big game. And in my third pick, Lakers Mavericks. Maverick, Spencer, Dinwiddie, over 20 and a half.
0: I love love you riding the Dinwiddie train. He's never led me astray. Mm -hmm. Never led me astray.
1: I mean, he's going to look at this going, this team doesn't have anybody right now, and I'm going to put a whooping on them.
0: (laughs) Anything else to give more Lakers slander? Anything else?
1: Hey, I'm just saying, I'm just kind of grabbing his mentality. I think that's the mentality of a lot of players around the league right now when they face that team.
0: Didn't I take... I actually took two Mavs, didn't I?
1: You uh, you did take two Mavericks.
0: I took two Mavs, yeah. So I'm going on fantasy score. I'm taking my guy Dorian Finney-Smith over 22 fantasy points. I took Jalen Brunson over 27 fantasy points. So it'll be kind of like a head-to-head for me and Brian tonight. See which which guard not named Luka Doncic uh, has more fantasy. All of
1: them get the points tonight.
0: (laughs) So uh, 22 for Dorian Finney-Smith, 27 for Jalen Brunson. And then this one might be a little ambitious, but I still feel like a rebounding machine that he is. I'm going with Andre Drummond against his former Detroit Pistons, the team that drafted him, made him an all-star. 31 fantasy points. So those, that's my trio. Dorian Finney-Smith, 22. Jalen Brunson, 27. And Andre Drummond, 31 fantasy points. All three have to hit. That's how it goes.
1: Got the power play on. And that's for the big winning.
0: Got the power play, baby. Go bigger, exactly. go home. Exactly. Go big or go home. So just a reminder, guys, all users that deposit and use the promo code NEWS on Prize Picks will receive a 100% instant deposit matched up to $100. So make sure to sign up. You can play with us. All righty. A couple uh, last things on the we want to close this. I want to hit on a couple. Okay, of okay, okay. Because I, I I wanted to get to some things that no one else is talking sure. about, guaranteed. <laughs> but, just the last yeah, couple things, because we'll, we we ta- we've keep we talked
1: about, like, outside of those top four teams, Okay. The Bulls, the Raptors, and the Cavaliers. Which team would you least like to face right now in the playoffs? Toronto. I agree.
0: It's Toronto. Uh, the Bulls are just kind of, I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, they they just seem like they're in a funk of some sort, man. I right. Don't, I, I don't know which end it is. I don't know if they're not getting enough production, you know, from guys outside of Demar and Zach. I, I don't know if Damar's slowing down. Um, You know they just need they just need more. We we were talking about it last week. They've just not been not been playing up. Once they got
1: injured and they've come back from that, uh, outside Alonzo, their their chemistry has just kind of fallen apart a little bit.
0: It's just it's kind of odd. It's almost like I don't want to say they're running out of gas, but like it's like they almost expended all that. They peaked too early, And, and, and I mean. And the thing is, though, I mean, Brian, I mentioned it, I think, a few weeks ago, or maybe it was even a month ago on the podcast, that I think they are at the point where like 0-11 against those like top three teams in each conference, and then, you know, you move to today, and they're 0-16, like, you know, like, so they haven't beaten the top guns, so to speak. So, like, maybe that was their character, and we were just thinking that they were on this other level, because they were, I want to say beating up on the bad teams, but they weren't beating that elite tier, and we were kind of crowning them before they needed to be crowned. You know, like, so there's that. And then I can just speak to Cleveland. Uh, Losing Jarrett Allen has been the worst thing that could possibly happen for this team. Um, He was their unabated rim protector. Uh, Evan Mobley is a rim protector of sorts, but he's more helpful on... Out on the perimeter and more of a help defender. Type he would kind of feed everybody
1: down to Jared Allen and help on the weak exactly. side. Exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. So once he became that middle man, you know, honestly, the the bigger centers kind of can punish him in that way. Um, he has been more apt to take in contact and stuff, and that's good. But uh, bad news for the Cavs is that Evan Mobley just had a left ankle sprain. He landed on Franz Wagner's uh, ankle after a block attempt um, in Monday's game. So who knows how you know. Serious that is. I know that uh, Woj said that the X-rays are negative, but uh, that's a big loss for them. They're going to have to definitely have to try to make up for that. Um, You're probably going to see Kevin Love at the five. You're going to probably see a little bit more Moses Brown who's on a second 10-day contract. Ed Davis will probably get some run. Maybe we'll see some small ball with Markkinen at the five. They're still trying to figure out, and Karis Levert's still trying to figure out you know, kind of his role on this team. Uh, It hasn't come easily for him. Um, You know, he's been a little bit kind of out of sorts, I guess, uh, which is understandable. Anytime you get traded to a team midseason, it doesn't always work out. It's tough sometimes for those guys to get acclimated. Um, I think the in-between period where you missed uh, eight games from February 24th to uh, March 14th was, you know, kind of hurt a little bit uh, as far as the chemistry goes, as far as, you know what he's been able to bring to the table. Um, he's not the greatest shooter. Um, he's very, very. Um, you know, like sometimes his shot selection seems to be a little off. Um, he has the chops to make play make to play make. He has the chops to be the off ball guy, um, but he's been tending to take a lot more shots from three. That's not his his go to place. He's not a great catch shooter. He's not a great pull up three point shooter. He's probably best when he shoots those mid-range shots. He backs down the comp- competition there uh, right around that 8 to 12-foot mark and does the turnaround. That's a shot. Uh, his unorthodox way of getting into the paint, that's more like him. Uh, but these shot selections early in the shot clock, um, after one or two passes instead of passing it to the next guy, um, he's got to be better in that respect. But again, it's probably hard to get used to a team mid-season. And you're also being depended on as that, you know, quote unquote guy uh, to help Darius Garland out, who's been absolutely magnificent, but is being run into the ground playing about 40 minutes a night. Uh, You know, the last month or so, he's averaging somewhere around 25 and 12 or something ridiculous in that range. Uh, Yeah, 26 points and 11 assists, but he's averaging 40 minutes a night. That's going to wear on you. That's going to wear on you. And the Cavs have to find a way. To take that offensive load off of Darius. And offense affects defense. And that, that doesn't help because I mean if you're worn down on the offensive end and your perimeter defense, as I mentioned uh, you know, a week or two ago, that their perimeter defense is taking a step back. You know, Okoro's still rock solid and Stevens is still rock solid. But guys are getting past Darius, guys are driving past Lowry Marketing now that he doesn't have the safety blankets of Mobley. And Allen both so marketing's taken a step back defensively. they just lost one of their best defenders and Dean Wade uh, to, to knee surgery. Jetty Osmond got a DNP coach's decision uh, the other night after he let me speak to this this is this is really odd because he got into Bickerstaff's uh, doghouse so to speak. So it's his third DNP CD in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven games. So three games out of seven that he got a C D. He's played only 20, over 20 minutes in one game. That was the game he was on fire against Detroit that they won. They needed. Um, but he's not been in the rotation. He's actually taken a step back and the player, everyone wondered about coming into the season. Dylan Windler, is the one who's coming in and pretty much soaking up those minutes. Um, He's starting to re-earn the trust of, of Bickerstaff. Um, they've sent him down to Canton. He's had multiple – sorry, not Canton, Cleveland uh, charge, uh, and he's had multiple trips to the, the G League team. Uh, but it seems like they're trying to get more out of Jetty, more than the scoring and more than the passing they want. Uh, according to Chris uh, Fedor or Cleveland.com, that they want more out of Jetty than just the, the offense. They want smart plays. Um, so they think they got that in Dylan Windler and I know that's a little bit more deep uh, than the, the the fact that they're just not playing good defense and um, their, their offense has been kind of sporadic. Uh, but that's a big part of, of this as well. and, and Kevin Love is a, a, in the same breath too um, uh, except for Monday night in Orlando, uh, has kind of been you know off, I guess uh, from three. And that's not been you know the greatest part of of this kind of decline that the teams had. But I mean, it's just the the snake bitten injuries catching up to him. I mean, shoot, he he came back and played through it. But Larry Markkinen uh, knocked knees with Wendell Carter Jr. Um, you know, Lamar Stevens uh, attacked Mo Bamba at the basket and landed right on his wrist. Uh, somebody's putting some sort of curse on Cleveland right now because this team. Um, It's not their fault that they're falling behind like this. They're losing key pieces, and uh, it's kind of a shame, but at the same time, you look at it from a big-box perspective, and it's still a very successful season no matter what happens.
1: The only other point I wanted to make about the Eastern Conference is as we wind down here and we talk about the play-in tournament and who's going to get into the playoffs, the one team I would look at just a little bit, despite their disappointing season, and tell me if you agree, is the Atlanta Hawks because with Cleveland having the injury problems that they're having, and I think we all assume that Brooklyn will get into the playoffs. Um, Hornets have been up and down as well. But I, I do wonder if Atlanta got into the playoffs, I'm not saying they would win, but when you've got Trey Young, when you got a scoring machine like that, I do wonder if they can make somebody's life really tough, at least in the first round.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, e- even with the disappointment, like you said, I think, well, one, you you want them to get John Collins back. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, but this is, again, this is a team that's seated really low because they hadn't taken the season as seriously as they should have. But they were just in the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: And I thought they would get back.
0: Like, and... I don't want to mess with that. Do you? Not the way that Trey Young's played. I know he had an off night finally uh, against the Pacers here, but Clint Capella had probably his best game of the season, and they've needed that. Bogey's playing his butt off. He's looked great in the second half of the season. Loved what I, I don't know if he's going to get playing time in the playoffs per se, but I loved what Jalen Johnson brought to the table. Finally got got the rookie to play. <laughs> um, I don't I don't want to mess with this team. I don't know about you. I, Kevin Hurd, you know what he can do in the playoffs. Right. That's how he had his party. You know, he's the one that got paid because of the playoffs. They're a game over 500. Yeah, it's not pretty.
1: Um, and we don't know about John Collins. I don't I don't want to see Yeah, these I, we teams. don't know about yeah. when John Collins could come back. He just got an injection into his foot a week ago to help uh, aid that. So that that's a big if. But like I said, you've got to, if you get him back and you know, you've got Trey Young. I mean,
0: significant head to heads coming up here too right Bryce. i mean on on my birthday they play the cavs mm. uh on saturday they play brooklyn and then the next game they're at toronto that's teams you're all in direct competition with so that's that's an important stretch one they have the thunder next that should be a layup yeah and i'll get to that that, that that's the thing i actually wanted to talk about <laughs> but um no i mean even though it's been a disappointing regular season, and I think you could say the same for the Hornets, dude. Like, they haven't had Gordon Hayward for 20 games. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're staying afloat. They just lost a real tough one to the Nuggets. Um, big win from Denver, by the way, on the road to do that. Another Jokic triple double. Ho hum. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Miles Bridges is playing great basketball, LaMelo Ball. Playing solid. Terry Rozier, he can get hot at any moment. What Isaiah Thomas has done for that bench. Montrez Harrell, same thing. There's some some teams that you don't want to see in a one game, you know, a one game elimination.
1: Yeah. And you you or, mentioned yeah. Ho hum on Jokic, and I know we talked about MVP talk last week, but ESPN did a straw poll, and Jokic would be back to back MVP winner. As it stands right now. It's,
0: it's between him and Embiid, and then you have Giannis as the dark horse. Right. That's but it. At, but
1: That's they said it. right now, Jokic, 62 first-place votes, Embiid, 29, and Giannis with nine. Okay. And they were the only three players to be named on all 100 ballots, and the only ones to get a first-place vote. Hmm. Damn awards. Yeah. Damn awards.
0: <laughs> All right, let's delve into something. I I, I want to talk about two things in there between two bottom feeders, okay? The first one will stick since we're already in the East. I want to show some love to the New York Knicks. They won four in a row, but Tibbs, he's playing the youngins. He's playing the youngins, Brian. It's amazing. Emmanuel Quickly's got a pretty long leash at the moment. He's playing some solid basketball. I'm loving that they're finally involving – Miles, Deuce, McBride. I think that's big time. I want to see more Jericho Sims. They're, they're letting the young guys play. Obi Toppin just had probably the best game of the night for them uh, in that win over Chicago. He had a, a big performance off the bench, 17 points. We know R.J. Barrett's part of the young court. I don't know it's wrong, but I like that Tibbs is actually... Trying the young guys out. I know Quentin Grimes hasn't played the last couple. He's probably hurt. We haven't seen Cam Reddish. That's pretty disappointing. But they have won four in a row. And I think that that's positive. I know they're not going to make the play-in, barring some miracle. But I just wanted to show them some love. I think that having... I know it's that time of year, and maybe I'm being fooled. (laughs) But, But... having a future is important and they're letting their guys go out there and handle it four in a row, six out of the last eight. Shout out to Tibbs, shout out to the Knicks. Not just pouring it in, you know, you know, mailing it in at the end of the season, but playing the young guys and the young guys figuring it out. And special shout out to Mitchell Robinson who throughout the entire season has gone undernoticed because he plays for the Knicks. Um That dude deserves some love. I think defensively, he's been great. I think he's a much better offensive player finishing inside, um, not fouling as much. This is a good sign. I think someone could really get a, a good deal with Mitchell Robinson if they're, you know, really wanting to pursue him. But the young Knicks, that's the first thing I wanted to mention. is Do you have any comment on the Knicks? I'm, I'm assuming no, but maybe you have something. To
1: say. No, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, the, this is a team that, I mean, it's underperformed by what we thought was going to happen this season. I, I mean, I was in the group that thought they would take a step back. I didn't think they'd take this big of a step back. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're playing their young guys, and I give them credit for that, and... You know, nobody is, you know, mailing it in. And I know some of the other teams you're going to talk about, you know, come doing the same thing. And the one I mentioned to you before we started recording was the Orlando Magic. And, I mean, it seems like it's a broken record. Like, they don't make the playoffs. And once they're eliminated, they start playing really well. And they've done that. Um, but, I mean, it's, hey, it's a good sign that young guys are playing. They're playing hard. They're playing for next season. And uh, you can see signs.
0: Yeah, I just I, I just love when I see the youngins get get their due, and that brings me to my next point. Any big time writer or fan is just not not gonna want to watch the doldrum days, right? The Thunder just announced that Shea Gilgis Alexander's out for the rest of the year. You know, um, Anthony Simons hasn't been playing for the Blazers um you know like we know the dame's out we know the big time big time players are just not playing in these games and the injury report for this blazers thunder game was outrageous i'm just gonna i'm gonna read you the inactives okay before i get to what i watched yesterday inactive for the thunder shea Gilgis alexander josh giddy also out for the year ty jerome also out for the year. Mike Moscala, also out for the year. Lou Dort, out for the year. Darius Baisley, ruled out for the year. Portland. Eric Bledsoe. Josh Hart. Damian Lillard, obviously out. Monsieur Lillard. Yusuf Nurkic. Anthony Simons. Joe Ingles. Okay, so that's 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 players out. 13 pretty recognizable players. Maybe not Ty Jerome and Mike Muscala as much as the others. But, all in all, that's pretty much two starting lineups. Okay?
1: It's incredible.
0: I watched this spectacle of an overtime game <laughs> yesterday. 134-131. The Thunder one. Okay? First point I want to make. Shout out to Brandon Williams. This dude... One, he can get you some buckets, man. He he had his first three threes. He ended up with his first career triple double or, or, or first career double double. Uh 25 points, 12 assists. He had four steals, four boards. Uh he's a rookie out of Arizona. Was not drafted. Um it's it's what these things are made for, you know, like it's what these opportunities are made for. He parlayed a 10 day contract into a two way contract, which is in all likelihood going to end up in a a deal of some sort. This dude is averaging nearly 27 minutes a game this year. He's played 18 games, started in 11, averaging 14 points, a little over three assists, a little over three rebounds and a steal a game. Uh, Field goal percentage, not the greatest. Yeah, I mean, but who cares? You're playing and you're producing, right? But he has just gradually gotten better with these opportunities and is running with it. it, it it's very it, it's enlightening to me when I see guys go out there and, and take advantage of these opportunities and these chances. Um, Keon Johnson, same thing. He's a first-round pick this year. No one was talking about him. He was taken by the Clippers, and he was included in that deal um, with Norm Powell. But Keon Johnson has first-round talent, and he's been showing it. Uh, Drew Eubanks, who had started a couple of games here and there for the Spurs over the last few years, uh, got picked up and last night ended up with 27 points and 14 boards. You know, these guys, they have talent. He's been playing 30 minutes a night for them. You know, he's averaging about 14 and 9. These are young players that are running with this chance to where they're getting these minutes. Like... I know it's kind of trivial and you look at it and you're like, oh, they're never going to see these kind of minutes like ever if it wasn't for this situation. But they are, and they're still taking the opportunity to do it. Same with the Thunder guys. I mean, you're probably going to have maybe five or six of these guys that might not be on the roster next year. But they're taking advantage of it. Vit Vit Krejci, for example, uh, somebody that's knocking down threes. Uh, I love the, the 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 grit that Aaron Wiggins has shown this year. Um, which he'll he probably will be on the roster actually because he's been playing a lot. Um Poku. Poku, how about Poku? Let's talk about Poku. That's my guy. Uh, he still makes some of those bow-handed mistakes, <laughs> but they believe in him as a player. In March and in, in February, he's shown a lot of of potential. Um this month he's averaging twelve points, eight boards, about four assists. Um, you know, shooting the ball decently well. These are just the flashes that the the, the young talents need to show. Uh, and and I have to hit on it because I think it deserves love. I think Isaiah Roby deserves a ton of love. He's like the third center on the depth chart, but he's he's had a number of games now at this point of his career where it's almost like Christian Wood like to where he's like putting up these numbers and no one's noticing. So. You know, like, keep an eye on a guy like that. Um, You know, Teo Maladone, who was a first-round pick of theirs uh, literally – or a second-round pick of theirs uh, literally two years ago, Um, early second-round pick, mind you, um, was their starter last year. He's been playing mostly uh, sporadic minutes, stints in the G League. But he's been picking up minutes now and has scored over 20 points in the last three games. Over the last three games, is averaging 23 points, six rebounds, and five assists. You know, so without getting like too long-winded, I appreciate when these guys can show what they're capable of and how truly talented this league has to be. Um, for where the guys that are below the 15th man and you know below the 12th man are showing. Uh, This kind of production and this kind of, you know, um, taking advantage of the opportunity.
1: I totally agree. And that's the thing that I like is that guys are taking advantage of it, even when their teams are out and saying, I'm going to earn playing time. I'm going to be seen. And, you know, whether it's with this team next year or another team. That um, they're going out there and they're playing hard in opportunities where not everybody does that because you know that it's a lost season when it comes to not making the playoffs or not having a chance to win a championship. And it's all about kind of proving yourself and proving uh, that you can be part of a team, that you can be, you know, a a part of a winning team, you know, hopefully. And guys are going out there and still playing hard.
0: And, And I'm telling you, man, keep an eye on Roby. He's no one talks about that kid. And you know he's stuck behind some of these these bigs they have. They've got Baisley and um, you know have had veterans in the past. But keep an eye on that kid. I'm telling you, uh, he's he's got something. He's got something going there. Uh, and you know to that point too of the the guys, you know the teams at the bottom. I, I appreciate the hell out of what a, what Detroit's doing. I think they're competing their butts off. Um, Cade Cunningham, what what a year it's ended up being after. All those question marks earlier in the season. He's been one of the most enjoyable watches um, on tape for me. Um, just the, the vision. and One of the, the worst team, rosters in basketball, and he's making it fun. Um, so shout out to Cade Cunningham. I think he should get real consideration for Rookie of the Year. Um, Sam goes with Scotty Barnes. But with the Pistons in general, uh, Sadiq Bay. What a you know what a job he's done in the second half of the season. I think Marvin Bagley has taken advantage uh, of of this second opportunity as well. Um, so lots of guys at the bottom that no one watches because everyone's on playoff watch. But I just wanted to give them their due there. Okay, uh, do you have anything else that you want to hit on before we get out of here? I wanted to end it on a interesting note here because. Well, uh yeah, the next time you hear me on this podcast, uh I will have crossed the third decade threshold.
1: You're nervous about it. Uh, you're very nervous.
0: Uh, a little nervous, a little nervous, a little nervous. Um, but it's it's happening. I can't stop time. So uh somebody should write a
1: song about holding crazy. back time. Oh, wait.
0: <laughs> I'll be a I'll be a musician. I I'm a good cover uh uh-huh. cover vocalist. Yeah.
1: I can, I can already hear it in the voice, yeah. Um, no, I mean, there's nothing to fear, man. I mean, it just it's just another step of being uh, an adult. Whew. I know that can be a scary word, that A word, but, you know.
0: It is. It's crazy. <laughs> it's
1: crazy. But last thing. Who's winning the uh, men's college basketball tournament?
0: Oh, man. And the uh, women, by the way. So it's
1: it's pretty cool
0: that we're gonna have Duke and North Carolina match. Hey, I, I that's live right in
1: cool. this this area. I live in Durham. Okay, and North Carolina is not that far away. Yeah, when it comes to that campus, I mean, there's only four miles that separates those two campuses.
0: It's gonna be a spectacle. I mean, that that that's pretty cool, honestly. That that. I didn't expect that matchup to happen in the final four. It would be even cooler if it was in the championship, but it's the first time in history that that's happened. You know,
1: I, the way that Duke was playing, you know, at the end of the season, I did not think they were going to go that far in the tournament. And I had some doubts about North Carolina as well, but here we are. I'll
0: have, I'll say Kansas Duke. And then I'll say that, uh, Coach Tashewski ended up ends up going
1: out on the high note. I mean, Duke's playing their best, the best they have played all year, so it's hard to go against.
0: And they owe Carolina one for spoiling Coach K's last game. <laughs> yes, of they do. So there's that. There's that whole aspect of it too. Um, there's a little
1: Paul over the Duke campus that day. What shall we say?
0: <laughs> yeah. So that, that's my prediction there, and then. I mean, I I can't go against uh, Page Buckets, Page Bikers, uh, uh, big time there in in that tournament. Again, that game against uh, South Carolina was amazing. Um, but I I got to go with UConn there. Gino knows what he's doing, and I think that uh, it's just going to be history repeating itself. Essentially, I'm
1: going to take South Carolina.
0: Aaliyah Boston. I was watching that game. Man, I got a
1: buddy of mine that's um. He's badass. He's an man. NC State grad. And he was just like, this game, man, it's unbelievable. And uh I had been watching <laughs> some of it anyway. And then I, I stuck with it like late in the uh second half and then through the overtimes and everything. And uh, you know, I mean, basically NC State just kind of you know ran out of gas a little bit in South Carolina. I kept pouring it on. So um good for, yeah, good for them. And
0: they absolutely blasted the 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 super underdog in Creighton. Yes, <laughs> they absolutely <laughs> blasted them. Uh, and my apologies, by the way, it was NC State that went in overtime with with Connecticut. Same colors. South oh, Carolina, that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 sorry yeah, about I'm sorry. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my fault. Uh, but no, should be a, a fun Final Four. You got South Carolina against Louisville, and then you have Connecticut against Stanford. And I I wouldn't mind seeing that Connecticut South Carolina matchup. That that'd be probably a thriller. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on the rest of March Madness. And you keep your ears locked in the basketballnews.com podcast network. Got other ones for you to listen to and to subscribe, rate, and review and do the same for us, please. That would be the Dunker Spot with Steve Jones Jr. and Nikias Duncan. The Alex Kennedy Podcast with Alex Kennedy. The Rematch with Ton Thomas. Dishes and Dimes with the Ladies and, of course, Nothing But Bets. A, ga- a daily gambling podcast hosted by Evan Sidery. Make sure you subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to them. Do the same for us here at keep it at Ninety Four. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz. You can find us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Spin Davies. He's on Twitter at Brian Fritz. I'm on Instagram at Spin Davies. He's on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Make sure you visit basketballnews.com. Stay tuned on to everything of March Madness, NBA, playoff madness, all the other madnesses that have to do with basketball. Great interviews, great features, film breakdown, the whole kit and caboodle. It's all on basketballnews.com. So show them some love, show us some love. And until next week, when I am 30 years old, we will talk to you later.